Good morning, all y'all. Good morning. Shall we worship? Would you stand and sing with us, please? Just rest alone, faultless and 
Good morning. It is so good to see you this morning. Welcome to worship. We'll be collecting school supplies for the Holotus House of Neighborly Service during July. Please bring any donations to the church by Thursday. A list of items needed can be found in the Welcome Center. There will be a women's retreat September 16th and 17th. For more information, contact Rebecca Sweet. Our communion offering next week will benefit the Lydia Patterson Institute. Mesa will meet next Sunday at 4.30 p.m. in the Fellowship Hall. The scripture reading is Isaiah 12. You will say in that day, I will give thanks to you, O Lord. For though you were angry with me, your anger turned away and you comforted me. Surely God is my salvation. I will trust and will not be afraid. For the Lord God is my strength and my might. He has become my salvation. With joy you will draw water from the wells of salvation, and you will say in that day, Give thanks to the Lord, call on his name. Make known his deeds among the nations. Proclaim that his name is exalted. Sing praise to the Lord, for he has done gloriously. Let this be known in all the earth. Shout aloud and sing for joy. O royal Zion, for great in your midst is the Holy One of Israel. Loving God, we gather this day to express our love for you and to praise you. Thank you for your great love for us. Remind us that we are here to serve and not to be served. Lead us with your Holy Spirit that we would be a people who speak the truth in love. May our words show others that we serve a holy God. Show us the way that leads to life and goodness. Guide us with your Holy Spirit that we will put what we hear into practice and so construct our lives on stone, not sand. In Jesus' name we pray, amen. So I'd like to invite the kiddos forward. August 23rd for NASD, right? It's sooner than we want to admit. And you guys, you went through a crazy year last year. And this year could be crazy again. It could be completely normal. But there's a lot of unknowns. There's some kids who changed schools in this year. If anybody's been watching the housing market, it seems like everybody in San Antonio has moved in 2021, right? So these kids might be facing new school, use and new school years. You've got a new teacher you have to get used to, possibly new friends to meet, right? And that can be scary. That can be scary. It can also be really fun, right, and exciting. There are good times in there, too. If we remember that God's watching out for us, he's right there with you. And like they were just singing in that song, if we built our, our life on him, he's going to be there no matter what storms we face, storms of fear and doubt and anxiety. He's still there. And that rock will get slippery when those things come, right? Have you ever stood on a rock in a river? Sometimes it gets moss on it and it gets slick. It'll get a little bit slippery. Okay, okay, you haven't done that? Okay, good, because you'll hit your head. It's a bad experience. But it can get slippery. When you start letting those storms come in and that doubt and that fear comes in, the rock can get slippery. But Moses told the Israelites something really cool that I wanted to share. He said, the Lord will fight for you today. You just have to stand still. He's going to come and get you. You just have to be still. And it doesn't mean just stand still, right? Not just our body like a soldier but our hearts and our minds too. 
He's coming for us. No matter what we're facing, he is always there. We just have to stand still. So I want that to be something that you remember this year. Whenever you're facing something big, he's coming for you. He'll fight for you. We just have to let him, right? Not run away in a blind panic like I did. That was silly. All right. Do you want to pray? And then we'll go to spark worship. Okay. Let's bow our heads. Fold our hands. Say, dear God, we know you have a plan for us that you'll fight for us, and you will rescue us. Thank you, Lord. In your name we pray. Amen. All right, let's head out. All start our rainbows and rattlesnakes with the rainbow that it is to see all of you this morning. Some of you I haven't seen in quite a while, and it's, uh, it's real good to see you, each and every one of you. Praise the Lord for that. Let's pray. Gracious and loving God, we thank you for bringing us to this place this morning where we can worship you together and we can share our lives with you and with each other. Lord, we lift up those we've named and many that are unnamed. You know who they are. Lord, we, we lift up those anywhere in the world who lack the basic necessities of life. We lift up those who are in war-torn areas of the world. We lift up those who need to know you so badly and don't. Lord, I lift up the leaders of this country and all the countries of the world that they would seek and do your will. Guide us with your Holy Spirit this morning as your word is proclaimed. Teach us to put the words of your Son into action. And now we pray as he taught us to pray, saying, Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done, on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread, and forgive us our trespasses, as we forgive those who trespass against us. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom, and the power, and the glory forever. Amen. Well, this morning we're going to finish up our series on the Sermon on the Mount. And uh, next week we're going to start a series on faith, and that'll take up pretty much of all of August. And then we're going to start, uh, except I think the last Sunday of August, and then we're going to start a series on some of the prophets of the Bible. Usually in the summertime, I I get off of the lectionary. You know, I, that's one of those things I struggle with. Sometimes I want to go along with the lectionary, and sometimes I think it's just whatever. Anyway, so that's what we're going to do. How many of you have ever heard of a term called the science of fine-tuning? And I'm not talking about tuning in a station on the radio. What I'm talking about is all the things that God put in place for there to be life on the planet Earth, 
for there to be life on the planet Earth. There are hundreds, literally hundreds of things that if they weren't just right, none of us would be sitting here this morning. I mean, for example, uh, our, uh, our atmosphere is about 21% oxygen. If you get below 16% oxygen, we can't live. And if you get too much oxygen, there are also bad effects from that. We're 93 million miles away from the sun, which is a good place to be, right? You, would, you, you sure wouldn't want to be a whole lot, sir. And if we were much farther away, uh, it would be pretty cold most of the time. Do you know how important the moon is? Did you all ever think about that? Do you know how important the moon is? If it weren't for the moon, and if it weren't that the moon was in the place it is, and if it weren't for the fact that the moon is the size that it is, we wouldn't have tides. And if we didn't have tides, if we didn't have tides, the earth would be in a situation that's referred to as tidal lock, which means that one side of the earth would face the sun all the time all the time. So the moon gives us tides and also the moon and largely Jupiter allow the earth to be at a tilt of 23 and a half degrees, which again gives us the atmosphere that we have. Not only that, the earth has a lot of water, which is a good thing which is a very good thing. The, the, the earth also has abundant carbon, sulfur, hydrogen, iron, nitrogen. Speaking of iron, Roy did real well last week. I've, got, I've gotten some good reports. And, and also speaking of fine-tuning, this meshes in just perfectly, almost like it were planned, all right? Roy told you all last week... I know he told you because he told me he told you that a hemoglobin molecule, right? A hemoglobin molecule, which is the molecule that carries oxygen, speaking of oxygen, throughout our bodies, a hemoglobin molecule is made up of 9,512 atoms. The majority of those atoms are hydrogen, and then I think coming in second place is carbon, and then we got nitrogen at 800 or so, but in that 9,512 atoms of the hemoglobin molecule, four of those atoms are iron. Four atoms of iron in that molecule. And without those four atoms of iron, the molecule would be useless as far as carrying oxygen around through your body. So I'd say that's pretty fine-tuning, too. For life to be what it is, there are some things that are very, very, as, as the term goes, straight and narrow. And that's what we're talking about this morning. That's what Jesus talked about in the last part of the Sermon on the Mount, which again is Matthew 5 through 7. Now, Jesus has already told us some things about the kingdom of God. Remember, Jesus preached about the kingdom of God. 
That's what he did. He came and gave us the news about the kingdom of God. And in the Sermon on the Mount, he tells us specifically. He gives us directions. He gives us guidelines. He, he gives us the instructions. He tells us about the straight and narrow way that will lead to the kingdom of God being manifest for all of us. And the first thing he tells us is the kingdom of God is available to everybody right now. It's at hand. And then he tells us that if we want to experience the kingdom of God, we have to get rid of some things. We have to get rid of some things like anger, cultivated lust, uh, resentment, wanting to get back at others. We have to get rid of performing for other people. We have to remember that our only true audience is God our Father. We have to get rid of depending upon material things for our security. We have to stop judging other people. We have to pray for other people. We even have to pray for our enemies, right? Jesus tells us that. These are the things that we need to do if we want to see the kingdom of God manifest. Today's passage starts in chapter 7, verse 12. Consider the words of the Lord. And again, these are the words of the Lord. If you had a, or if you have a red letter Bible, everything I'm going to read this morning is read except for the very last verse. Consider the words of the Lord. In everything, do to others as you would have them do to you. For this is the law and the prophets. Enter through the narrow gate, for the gate is wide and the road is easy that leads to destruction. And there are many who take it. For the gate is narrow and the road is hard that leads to life. And there are few who find it. Beware of false prophets who come to you in sheep's clothing, but inwardly they are ravenous wolves. You will know them by their fruits. Are grapes gathered from thorns or figs from thistles? In the same way, every good tree bears good fruit, but the bad tree bears bad fruit. A good tree cannot bear bad fruit, nor can a bad tree bear good fruit. Every tree that does not bear good fruit is cut down and thrown into the fire. Thus you will know them by their fruits. Not everyone who says to me, Lord, Lord, will enter the kingdom of heaven, but only the one who does the will of my Father in heaven. On that day, many will say to me, Lord, Lord, did we not prophesy in your name and cast out demons in your name and do many deeds of power in your name? Then I will declare to you, to them, I never knew you. Go away from me, you evildoers. 
everyone then who hears these words of mine and acts on them will be like a wise man who built his house on rock. The rain fell, the floods came, and the winds blew and beat on that house. But it did not fall because it had been founded on rock. And everyone who hears these words of mine and does not act on them will be like a foolish man who built his house on sand. The rain fell and the floods came and the winds blew and beat against that house and it fell and great was its fall. Now when Jesus had finished saying these things, the crowds were astonished at his teaching, for he taught them as one having authority and not as their scribes. The word of the Lord for the people of the Lord. Please be in prayer with me and for me. Gracious and loving God, God who put the moon in place so that we would have sunlight at night and tides to bring the seasons about. May the words of my mouth and the meditations of all our hearts be acceptable in your sight, our strength and our salvation. Amen. Now that last, right before the last sentence that I read about Jesus' authority, those of you who have been here know I've been reading that every week at the start of part of what Jesus says at the end. It really is simple. It really is. As, as my uh, sixth grade teacher used to say, no, no, I take that back. She was an eighth grade teacher. It's easier than falling off a bump on a log backwards and not half as dangerous. And what she meant by that and what I mean by that is Jesus said, you know, you can listen to this stuff day in and day out all day long, but if you don't practice it, what good is it? What good is it? And that's what Jesus said. He said, build your house, your house being your life, on rock, not on sand. Now, Jesus starts out this passage with the, the what? The golden rule, right? The golden rule is, or I, I should say for a lot of people, the golden rule is do unto others before them others do unto you right? That's not what it says. It says, do unto others as you would have them do unto you. And of course, this is what we get. We get a community of agape love that is manifest when all of us do what Jesus told us to do in Matthew chapter 5 through 7. It really is that simple. All we have to do is do it. But the issue is, as G.K. Chesterton said, Christianity hasn't failed. It's just never been tried, right? It's just never been tried. So Jesus tells us here how to try it, how to do it, how to live. And he gives, and in this particular passage, he gives four real concrete, down-to-earth examples, which again, if there's anything that we probably all need to get a hold of is what Jesus said 
is more real than anything. God and God's kingdom is reality. But the first example he uses is the narrow gate. The narrow gate. And, and I, I use some examples about the narrow gate that it takes and all the things that it takes working in concert for there to be life here on earth such as we know it. Jesus is saying here, if you want your life to be an abundant life, a good life, the life that God has planned for you. Remember, remember, God created us and put us in a garden. And we didn't have to do anything except enjoy life the way God gave it to us. And so Jesus says, if you want the abundant life, here are some examples. He said, it's not easy. It's not easy. There's a narrow gate. He said, there's a wide gate that leads to destruction. We all know about that, right? Most of us can probably name examples in our families. If not in our families, we can certainly see them in the culture around us of people who have chosen the wide gate for what goes on in their lives. But there's a narrow gate and a narrow path that leads to life. Now, I believe the narrow gate quite simply is complete confidence in Jesus Christ and obeying Him. That's the narrow gate that leads to life. Everything else is the broad way that leads to destruction, or as we usually do, or, or the shorthand notation for the broad gate that leads to destruction is, I'll do it my way, right? Doing it my way. That's, uh, that's what it is. And I, like everybody else, sometimes choose to do it my way and uh, have to ask for forgiveness, you know? But uh, the good news is God will forgive if we ask for it. So he says it's like a narrow gate. Then Jesus says, he uses the next analogy. He says, you'll know a tree by its fruit. Y'all know we have a fig tree down here by the youth house? There's a big fig tree. It's a big, big fig tree. And every year we get... Uh, we, I mean collectively, the congregation, because there are several people that regularly pick figs and make fig preserves and other fig delicacies. They get them off of the fig tree down there. They don't get apples off that tree. They don't get pears off that tree. They don't get kumquats off that tree. They get figs because it's a fig tree. And Jesus says it's, it's pretty clear like that. People are the same way. If you look at what they're doing, if you look at their actions, you'll see what happens. You'll see what they are. Don't listen to what they say. Watch what they do. The actions never, ever, ever lie. That's how you tell. That's how you tell by a person's actions. They can talk from here to Peoria, Illinois, and back, and words don't mean a thing 
unless they're backed up by action. Now, also, we know, we know the fruit of the Spirit is what? It's love. It's joy. It's peace. It's patience. It's generosity. It's faithfulness. It's gentleness. It's self-control. That's the fruit of the Spirit. That's the fruit of the Spirit. And when you come across someone who's doing what Jesus told us to do here, those are the sorts of things you see. And again, how do you get that? You get that by doing what Jesus said in another place in John 15, right? He said what? I am the true vine. My Father is the gardener, right? If you abide in me and I abide in you, then you'll what? You will produce much fruit. You will produce much fruit. So he's telling us there again. It's real clear. Jesus always used simple, concrete examples. And again, speaking of concrete, the fruit of the Spirit is concrete reality. You can see it. It's demonstrated in front of you. The next example that Jesus gives us here is that of people who think that doing good things substitutes for doing God's will. This is one of those places where Jesus is so gentle and loving and kind as he is often. And he says, you know, don't think that just because you say, Lord, Lord, we did all these wonderful things, that things are going to be okay on judgment day, right? Lord, didn't we cast out demons in your name? Didn't we heal people in your name? Didn't we do all sorts of works of power in your name? And he says, what? He says, depart from me, you evildoers. I don't know you. I don't know you. Jesus knows you if you do God's will. If you do God's will. Again, this is akin to, remember what Jesus said earlier in the sermon. Earlier in the sermon, Jesus said what? He said, unless your righteousness exceeds that of the scribes and the Pharisees, you won't enter into the kingdom of heaven. The righteousness of the scribes and the Pharisees, again, is the righteousness of the act. They want to be seen for doing whatever it is they're doing. And again, that's another thing that Jesus tries to, to free us of by saying, stop performing for other people. Quit it. It's not doing you any good. And those other people are going to be thinking about what's for lunch about five minutes after they see you, right? They're not going to be thinking about what you did. It's just that way. So just because you do great deeds doesn't mean that you have great character or that you're, you're ethically sound. Many rotten people, or, or, or in Jesus' words, many evildoers do great things to be seen by others and say, what a good boy am I.
And then Jesus finishes off where we've been starting. And what I want us to remember more than anything is about the foundation that we build our life on. That's the important thing, you know. As, as the hymn says, and it, and it was close to said in what Kathy sang, you know, my hope is built on nothing less than Jesus' blood and righteousness, right? That's it. That's it right there. So what happens if you build your house on sand? If you build your house on sand, you get to have anxiety, fear, loneliness, and want. That's what you get. So, so if you want all that, you know, Jesus does it. Again, God gives us free will. Jesus says right there at the preface, he says, the wise person builds on rock. Well, not everybody's wise. Some people build on sand. And again, if you build on sand, you get anxiety, you get fear, you get loneliness, you get want. If you build on rock, you get love, you get joy, you get peace, you get what God intends for you to get. It really is that simple. It really is. So I would encourage all of us this morning to build on rock, to build on rock and not worry about the storms when they come. Because the storms are going to come. The storms are going to come just as sure as the tide goes in and out. The storms are going to come. But if you go through the narrow gate and you build on rock, you'll have an abundant life based on obedience. Amen? Now go in peace. If you haven't done it already, <clears throat> build on rock, not on sand. And as you do it, go with the grace of our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ, the love of God, and the fellowship of the Holy Spirit. Amen. Amen.